And I think it has a lot to do with the work that we put in as yogi triathlete teams, you know, as a yogi triathlete team, the work that we put in getting to the to the start line. And that's every day we do our meditation, every day we do our mantras, right? It's not just towing the line and hoping that our mind is going to, you know, behave the way we'd like it to or be calm. I think it's that training that every time I go into a bike, you know, I'm I'm going to do the three hours or the four hours that BJ prescribed. And if I don't, he's like, why did you cut it short 10 minutes? You know, and I'm like, yeah, or my son will say the same thing. And so, because you can't cut it short on the race, they're not going to, hey, she's been out there for a while. Let's just give her those 10 minutes, right? It's not going to work. And so I think it's every day a little bit, you know, um, you guys have that mantra on your shirts, you know, every day a little bit. And it, it gets us to that. And I think the fourth discipline of, some say it's nutrition, I think it's the mind. Because even if the body doesn't have nutrition, the mind is going to make it happen, right? I knew it was going to come. I knew I could not run it. There was no chance. I was probably around mile 37, 38, 40, somewhere in there before Snow Canyon, um, but completely exposed at elevation, probably around 3,000 feet. And then the rain started and just passing some police officers. They're just shaking their head. I see them talking on their phones, on their radios, um, have this look in their eyes where they can't believe they're not being told to pull us off our bikes. And then the wind picks up and looking at the reports, it was 45 mile per hour plus gusts. And at one point I'm riding up a hill, probably around seven or eight miles per hour, climbing a hill and uh, a side gust catches me and my bike. I use a rear disc, I use a 90 millimeter front. Me and my bike combined probably weigh around 200 pounds if you include the nutrition that's on there. And it literally picked me and my bike up off of the ground a few inches and knocked me over. I tried to remount my bike, I couldn't. Then the hail started coming in and there was a chain link fence off to my right. So I literally was getting pushed with my bike around and I'm 180 pounds uh, so much. I put my back up against the chain link fence. I used my bike as a shield to protect myself from the wind and the hail that was coming sideways. And that's where the disc wheel comes in handy. Uh, that <laughs> it's like a shield. I had never thought I would use my triathlon bike as a shield against the weather. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and Beach, and we are on, I think, more than one mission at this point. But one of the missions is to assist athletes in reaching their dreams and perhaps even dreams that they didn't even realize that they had. So we are hot off the red carpet of the Ironman 70.3 World Championship in St. George, and we are here with Matthew and Telsis and BJ to smack down the race, which is one of our favorite things to do. I love it because I get to be the host. I don't have to share the space. Um, so I'll be shooting off the questions as they come through me, and uh, and we'll see. And so, because we're on a bit of a sketchy sketch, Telsey has to bring her son, or gets to bring her son to a very late practice, by the way. I know, right? That's very late, 7 p.m. <laughs> it's Miami Beach. It's Miami Beach. They do things a little differently around here. Yeah, all night long, baby. <laughs> Soccer all night long. All right, so we're going to jump right in. And uh, Matthew, I'm going to jump in with you. Because you were the first of the three of you to qualify. It was somewhere back around 2019, I believe, which I think a lot of people who competed uh, this past weekend can relate to. But I want to know, especially since you carried the, the vision and the journey for quite some time, how did it feel like that morning... And I'm, and I can't say in your wetsuit because there were no wetsuits, but how did it feel that morning standing there on the brink of starting your first world championship? Felt like a celebration is what it felt like. Um, something that we always talk about is race day is celebration day. And it's incredible to be able to toe the line with the best in the world. And, um, I was fortunate enough to be in one of the first swim waves. I got to see the men's swim wave transition come in. I got to see the women's swim wave transition come in and go out. Um, it's just incredible to see top performing athletes um, doing what they do and then immediately getting the chance to jump in the water where they just swam and race the same course um, 
following behind their footsteps, their tire treads, their, their, their swim strokes. It's, it's a pretty incredible feeling. Um, I will tell you that I never had doubt that the world championships would happen eventually. And we would all have our time to, um, jump in the water, get going and, and really compete as hard as we possibly could. Um, did I think it would take two years? <laughs> uh, not necessarily, but you know, just a feeling of gratitude really, uh, was where I was with it. Um, no stress, um, no anxiety, just, uh, feeling prepared and, and ready to get going. Nice. BJ, how about you? I'm going to go in order of the qualifications. BJ, how about you? Uh, this is the this is actually the second time you've qualified for Worlds. Oh, that's so funny because when you qualified for Worlds before in Syracuse, it was like crazy oh, storm right, yeah. moved in and they like <laughs> they pulled me off the course. I right. didn't even get to finish the race, I don't think. Um, but anyway, how did it feel for you? Are you qualified in May? How did it feel for you being on the being on the start line? Yeah, well, Matt, Matt touched upon it, just being in that gratitude and appreciation that we were able to race and that we're physically capable of, uh, of qualifying for such a, a prestigious event, like best in the world. I um, mean, if you can frame it like that, um, you can justify it any way you want, come up with any sort of like, well, it was, you know, more spots and, you know, people didn't have their best day and, whatever you want to uh, put in there that keep you small. But um, everybody has the same chance to show up um, and be there and toe the line. So, yeah, I was just, I was super, like, stoked is the word. Like, it was really cool to be in the energy of professionals. And although I didn't get to see professionals, like, I didn't get to see them race because uh, I was the last wave of the men. Um, I, I think the first time I saw them was I saw the women finishing um uh, their runs. That was it. That's all I saw for the day for professionals. But I felt like just being on that same course was pretty awesome. And I never, I, like Matt was saying, I never really felt like anxious or um, afraid, except for one time when the wind <clears throat> really picked up and I was on a downhill. And We'll get to that. Yeah, got a little shaky. But yeah, just sure gratitude and appreciation. Like I've worked hard to to put myself in the position to to be one of the best in the world. And it's, it's great. The, you know, the ego likes it. The ego likes to be, you know, uh, recognize that the, the work is, is valued. But, uh, I love this because I, I do this because I love this. And it purely was a celebration for me, just pure joy to, to be racing and to have two athletes out there racing, um, really filled up, uh, my heart. Yeah. Telsis, how about you? You qualified uh, in Oregon, and how did it feel for you? Was that a surprise for you? Because you were, was that a goal of yours, or was that like, okay, I guess I'm going to St. George? Um, Oregon was just like, we were just on our way to Ironman California. So, yeah, no, it was a total surprise. Um, I called BJ crying. We qualified, we qualified. He's like, could you be more specific? Like, do you mean you qualified? Yeah, I meant you qualified, we qualified, we qualified, right? So um, I was the last of the swim wave to start. I, I went in the water at 951. Uh, and I was, I had my normal pre-race jitters that I always have. And it's something that I've always had to, you know, work on controlling. But because I had so long, <laughs> such a long time sitting in transition, waiting, um, I didn't have that. I was like, maybe they're onto something. Maybe this is the way it should be, right? And so um, I went in the water really confident, felt great, um, having the best swim until I made that first turn. And now I can see what was behind me. And it was this like ominous dark cloud. And I'm like, please don't let them take us off the course. Please just let us finish this course. Like, right, I was just, I just went to like, I just, we need to finish this, right? And so um, I got pulled out of the water. Yeah. And so uh, probably about with 500 yards left to finish the swim. And, and we, I mean, it was like you could feel the pellets of rain falling on you as you're swimming. It was really intense. And the, and the, the lake that was really flat went really choppy really fast. And despite that, I was really impressed with the fact that I did not, I was, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going until, until they tell me that I can't, right? I wasn't even thinking anything different, which was, I was kind of impressed with myself because normally I'd be like, 
this is really intense. Are they going to take us out? And I was just, until somebody just stopped me and said, you need to get out now. There's lightning. I'm like, okay. And I was like, are, are they going to pull us from the course? And they said, they'll talk to you when you get to the shore. And there was nobody there to talk to me. I'm like, I'm getting on the bike. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going. I don't know how far you want us to go, but yeah. Yeah, no, of- I wanted to talk about the storm because it, all, it hit all of us. Um, <laughs> in different I was places. In, yeah, I was in town <laughs> and um, I started to seek, I, same like you guys, and, and I want to know, well, we know when you, first, uh, when you first noticed the storm coming in. It was a massive system. I was underneath this tree with a couple other people and, you know, one, I'm Googling like, is a tree the best place to be in lightning? Which FYI, it is the absolute worst place to be. Um, and then somebody else was like, oh my God, look at how big the system is. And he just showed me his phone and it was, I was like, this is getting everybody right now. Like the entire, all the spectators, all the racers were going to be blanketed by the storm. So when you came off the swim and got on the bike, the storm must have been like hitting pretty hard. How was that? Were you, was it like, what were the feelings or the experience that you had, Telsey? Well, I mean, it was coming in really strong. Like the, the, it, they were coming, it was coming in sideways. I, um, I typically don't train in the rain and it, it tends to rain a lot in Miami and so where I'm from. And so, um, I, I was already concerned about the elevation. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to go. Doesn't matter how fast you know, we're just going to do this safely. Right. And so there was just no question. Just get on. I mean, it was like pellets hitting, like you could feel it hitting on your skin. It was like somebody was shooting rubber bands at you. <laughs> um, and it, it pretty much, it, it wasn't as intense. Like once the wind died down, it wasn't as intense, but it rained on me a good portion of, if not the entire bike for, for me. Cause I was out there really late. Remember that. So um, yeah. and, and the going, you know, I'm not used to elevation, you know, being, we're very flat here. So maneuvering a climbs and, and then downhills wet with wet breaks, you know? So that was interesting. That was really interesting. But, um, I, I felt confident the whole time I was, I'm really proud of that bike. Consider all things considered, right? I, quali- I qualified a month and a half ago. Um, don't really train in elevation, <laughs> but I'll take it. So it was it was awesome. And getting to the top of Snow Canyon, because that was really where my uh, my focus was. Was I, I need to get to that? That's where that was the only fear I had on the course was just getting to the top of Snow Canyon. Can I do it? Can I climb for four miles on a significant incline that I'm not used to training in? And once I got there, I was like, oh, this is the, it was like, that was celebration for me, was getting to the top of Snow Canyon. You know, the storm system was moving north. So it was basically like your race buddy. Like that's why, uh, that surprised me. Like, of co- but of course you had it for the whole, like the entire bike because it was moving the direction that you were moving. <laughs> right. Um, Matt, when did you feel, when did you first see the storm rolling in, right? Because we're in the land of big sky there. You can, you can see like the delineation of the morning to the end of days, which passed through. <laughs> you could definitely see it coming. Um <laughs> So my age group, uh, one of the cool things about this race was that you were with your age group um, basically the whole time from the start. Um, so very cool thing. A lot of races, you don't get to know who is in your age group and you're racing. Um, but I heard a few guys asking volunteers, asking the police, is there rain coming? Is there rain? And I was just looked at them and I said, of course there's rain. Look to your left. <laughs> there's rain coming. It's going to hit us. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, having this conversation with them as they passed me, by the way, um, on the bike. Um, I knew it was going to come. I knew I could not run it. Uh, there was no chance. I was probably around mile 37, 38, 40, somewhere in there before Snow Canyon, um, but completely exposed at elevation, probably around 3,000 feet. Um, and then the rain started and passing some police officers. They're just shaking their head. I see them talking on their phones, on their radios, um, have this look in their eyes where they can't believe they're not being told to pull us off our bikes. Um, and then the wind picks up, and looking at the reports, it was 45 mile per hour plus gusts. Um, and at one point, I'm riding up a hill, probably around seven or eight miles per hour, climbing a hill, and uh, a side gust catches me and my bike, I use a rear disc. 
I use a 90 millimeter front. Me and my bike combined probably weigh around 200 pounds if you include the nutrition that's on there. And it literally picked me and my bike up off of the ground a few inches and knocked me over. Uh, I tried to remount my bike. I couldn't. Then the hail started coming in and there was a chain link fence off to my right. So I literally was getting pushed with my bike around and I'm 180 pounds. Uh, so much. I put my back up against the chain link fence. I used my bike as a shield to protect myself from the wind and the hail that was coming sideways. And that's where the disc wheel comes in handy. Uh, that <laughs> it's like a shield. I, I never thought I would use my triathlon bike as a shield against the weather. Um, but eventually that calmed down. It didn't stop raining. The wind didn't stop. The lightning was still happening in the distance. Uh, you could hear the thunder uh, coming in a few seconds after each each flash hit. Um, I was able to remount my bike and, and continue on the course. And um, honestly, it was the most terrifying experience I've ever had uh, during a race. And I've hit 58 miles per hour on a downhill <laughs> in arrow. And uh, that, you know, that took the cake for sure. So Dude, you're like we could see gladiator. It <laughs> <laughs> you're, Captain America. Yeah, and a little bit of Dorothy in there. Like you got picked up by the wind. <laughs> I was oh definitely feeling like Dorothy. <laughs> Aren't these the great no place stories like though? These Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you wanted to do was get to the finish line and get home. Uh Beach, how about you? And did you see Mother Nature rolling in some adventure? Yeah, probably um first time I saw it was heading out on the bike, maybe like uh, seven, mile seven, mile 10. You look at the clouds and I, I just kept thinking these clouds are perfect for f- the photographers today. Like it's <laughs> going to be absolutely gorgeous, epic shots. And then they, they really turn dark and, um, and I'm heading right for them. And it wasn't until about, I think it was that first out and back, I want to say, or maybe it was after the out and back. Um, you take a left and you start descending and that's just when the rain, it just started rain and then hail and then wind picked up and, um, people were flying by me. I would say two people flew by me in arrow hammering down this hill. I was probably going 10 miles an hour, holding on to my, my hoods, just not trying to tip over and feeling as we shared this morning with Bob, like if my time is to go, like, I'm okay. Like if it's meant to be, because lightning was coming down, I could see the lightning strikes and <laughs> I'm like, I'm still going to go. I'm going to go until I can't go anymore. Um, and so I just relented. I guess it was, uh, yeah, kind of a release, like non-resistance, like just going to loosen up my grip, just go with the flow. I'm getting soaked. Yeah. The, the cops were interesting. Uh, there was one police officer just in the middle of his intersection, there was nobody around, not even cars to cross over. And he was just standing there like in the, like in the hail and just getting pelted, uh, watching these cyclists go by. And I'm, I'm assuming he couldn't do anything about it. He just was, was there just, uh, in a state of shock. <laughs> yeah. Just like these guys are still cycling by me. Um, but that, uh, that's when I first saw it and experienced it. So I experienced the rain, hail, and then the wind, like one, two, three, like right in a row. Um, but, but, Right at that moment too, as soon as I got through that, I could see the clearing, you know, in the far distance. I could see some sense of blue sky. So in my mind, it was only temporary. It was, I just had to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did have a thought though at that moment, that exact moment, like, oh shit, like Telsis is getting in the water and the wind is picking up and lightning, like, oh geez, like are they going to allow her to start? So that's, that's one thought I had in, in my mind. Matt, I was like, that's crazy crushing it probably he's probably got past the storm <laughs> luckily but sounds like he didn't um <laughs> oh, matt was using his bike as a, <laughs> as a shield <laughs> that's the best um yeah and it was interesting for me and i've had so many of these opportunities uh with my husband you know being a racer now for so many years and perhaps you've had them with me as well i don't know but in town and, you know, like, and seeing the, just the barriers just being blown like they were paper towels and things just like branches coming across the run course. And of course the pros are just still, the pro race was so unbelievably fast and there's just like completely, I'm sure they were phased, but it looked like they were unfazed. And I get on the tracker and I see BJ and then I get on the tracker again and it's like location unknown, right? Like not available. And I, and I just kind of looked up and I was like, all right, like 
I'm at peace. Whatever, whatever needs to be done needs to be done. I'm at peace. And then you, and then you popped back on mm. like 45 minutes later. I'm like, he's back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. 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 All right. Here we go. Okay. Let's, um, the storm just made it so good. Like the stories now, right? That you hold in your heart and that experience, like you will pull on those in the future. And, um, we all, we all made it, which is so wonderful and, um, great stories to tell for years and to pull on. But I want to shift to nutrition. Um, Telsey's, tell us about what kind of nutrition you took in. Um, and did that shift or change because, you know, of the shifting and changing conditions of the day? Because you starting late, you had the calm of the morning, you had the end of day storm, and then you had this blasting heat at the end of the day for the run. So what was your nutrition and how do you think you did with it? So, you know, I train in Miami, which is extremely high humidity, like 100% humidity. And so um, BJ and I talked about it. We had to go even heavier on the Endurolites because it's a different type of heat, right? And so I didn't go as heavy on the Endurolites because I was kind of drenched in water already. Um, but I stayed the course. I just didn't take the Endurolites that you and I had talked about on the bike. Um, but I, I mean, everything went to plan in that regard. I felt great the entire race. So I typically take picky bars on the bike and I use scratch in my front bottle and my back, my back cage, sorry, my, my front cage and my back cage is just water. So I do a concentrate of scratch in the front and um, I do a quarter of that, I, de- depending on how long I anticipate the, the bike to be. Um, and so I just take about a quarter or a third of that, you know, every hour, mix it with the water, you know, in between, you know, every 15 minutes I try to drink a big chug of water. That's the goal. And then I break up my picky bars into quarters. So every 15 minutes I'm eating a picky bar, a, a quarter of a picky bar. Um, and that works great for me. And that's the, the exact amount of calories that BJ wants me to take in every hour. So I went method on that. I just didn't take the Endurolites. And how did it work for you? Did you have any stomach issues at all? No, none at all. Awesome. None at all. And going into the, the run, I felt great. Um, and I do Huma gels on the run every 45 minutes. I did take the electrolyte Humas because at that point, the sun is now out when I'm running. Uh, I'm like, okay, all four seasons. Here we go. <laughs> Hail, <laughs> spring, summer, fall. Um, and so I did take, I started taking Endurolites when the sun came out, which is right when I, probably mile two of the run for me, the sun started blasting. Oh yeah, so it like, was hot. Right, you, were, you look yeah. so good. Can I just say that? <laughs> like you just looked so good. And actually I had seen you the day before I was out for a ride and I saw you running on the path yeah. and you kind of came up over this hill and I was like, ooh, that girl looks good. <laughs> and then we started getting, and I was like looking at your body and not your face because I was like, ooh, her, I was like watching your footsteps thinking like, wow, she looks really good. And we were, but you were like, Jess. And uh, so anyway, you looked so good um, the day before and, uh, and at the race. I mean, right into the, the finish was awesome. Oh, man, so. I, had, I just had the time of my life. I was having a party out there. It was so fun. That's like so still fun. in awe of being here, of racing, of are we, we're really racing and we're racing the world championship, right? So it was, I was having the time of my life and my kids made it. So my kids typically don't come to races. So they were there and I just knew every time I crossed the time you met, I was like, guys, I'm one step closer. I'm one step closer to getting to you. So they were at the finish line and having, knowing that was just, it was just a celebration day. Like, like you guys always call it. So it was really fun. So nutrition was on point. Um, every 45 minutes I took in a Huma gel, a ton of water, kept putting ice down my sports bra to keep my, you know, keep myself cool. Um, I felt good on that run, except for the uphills, because those hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, but I felt good, you know, body-wise. Like, my body was great. I, I didn't feel the heat, I guess is the best way to put it. I didn't feel the heat. It's just the uphills hurt, because I'm not used to training. And then I think the elevation, you know, got to me on the, on the run the most. So, you know, I ran, walk it, walked it a little bit. No shame in that. And, um, and on the downhills, I took full advantage of it, which... You know, you saw me coming in. I was coming in. I was coming hot. in hot. Yeah, yeah. You were. <laughs> but I love that, and I think that's a great strategy. It's like you know, you're not used to that, and that was really hurting. And so you adjust, and you're like, where can I maximize speed? Right? right? Like, where can I get free time? And so you just hammer those downhills because you, it's it's two loops, right? Like 
you can hammer anything for two loops. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those were those were legit downhills. I loved yeah, that. They were. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, I was like leaning back. That last downhill when you go, you know, you guys know it. Where the I love STG sign, and then you kind of do that loop and you go down. You're like on your heels. I literally yelled at somebody. Can somebody give me a snowboard because so I can get down there faster? Because it was like, it's like this is a this is a blue or black diamond. Uh, but it was what a blast. It, it was so fun. Matt, how was your uh, nutrition? What did you take in? So for me, my nutrition starts a few days before um, the race. And really, it's starting with making sure I'm drinking my hydration drink that I keep with me on the bike. Um, my nutrition is almost purely liquid on the bike. Um, I do use a gel bottle and I have emergency gels that I keep. I keep two of them in the back of my kit if I need it. But it starts with that. And, and the night before, I had pasta. Uh, some protein to go with that. Um, the morning of, uh, I uh, made sure that I, I did what I always do, and it's eat ramen noodles. It gives me the liquid, it gives me the uh, carbs, it gives me some salt, um, sodium in there um, as well. Uh, and I also was kind of hungry because we had to take a bus out to uh, to the swim start from, from Ironman Village, essentially. And uh, I took some pop tarts with me. I ate I ate those, but um, about 20 minutes before the swim start, I, I crush a gel. Um, I'd taken a little bit of water to help wash down the gel, uh, and then I go from there, head out on the swim. Um, on the bike, I have uh, behind the saddle a bottle. It's about 24 ounces that holds my hydration drink. Uh, I have a 42 ounce bladder actually on the front of my bike that also holds my hydration drink, and then. On top of that, between the arms, I have a gel bottle. Uh, essentially, what I do is I take uh, five gel packs, so 500 calories of gel with caffeine and um, amino acids and sodium in it, um, and I mix that, dilute it with water, um, and I keep that there as well. So I'm essentially carrying uh, 1,500 calories with me on the bike uh, to try to take in. And then I'm trying to take in a little bit of nutrition every 15 to 20 minutes um, as, I'm, as I'm going along on the bike. And the overall goal is to exhaust all of the, uh, the nutrition that I have uh, on the bike uh, with the two reserve gels sitting in my back pocket in case I lose anything. Um, good thing I got those because I lost both my front and my rear nutrition <laughs> within the first uh, 10 miles. So... Uh, for the first time ever, I had to physically stop at an aid station um, and replenish my nutrition. I knew, uh, I mean, at that point, you could see the weather coming, and I knew it was going to be a longer day. And I knew that once I started to get cold in the rain, I'd want to stop eating, I'd want to stop drinking, um, but I couldn't let myself do that. Otherwise, I'd bonk really, really hard. So I um, refilled with with Gatorade Endurance that they had, both in the front. I put a Gatorade Endurance behind the saddle. Um, I was able to maintain my my gel bottle didn't pop off, so I still had those 500 calories and then a few hundred calories after that. Um, so I just continued to eat and drink as much as I possibly could um, while on the bike. I even stopped. I stopped. I ended up stopping three times. One of them was when I got knocked off the bike, but uh, I stopped the second time. Uh, to grab a couple Martin gels because uh, those go down really easy and they, they seem to work really well for me. And I grabbed a few of those uh, right before the climb on Snow Canyon. I knew Snow Canyon would be a really good opportunity to take in a lot of nutrition before the run um, because once you get to the top of Snow Canyon, you've essentially got a really fast nine miles <laughs> where you're legit going 30 miles per hour average or more the entire descent. And um, then you, you get into transition and it's immediately out on the run. And then on the run, I was taking in Red Bull, water, Coke, water over the head, uh, chips, um, anything that I could just to try to keep my energy up. Um, I did have some discomfort uh, on the run on the downhills. When you're really uh, pounding pounding the quads, your your stomach starts to bounce a little bit and things slosh around. So I, I did feel some discomfort when we were on Skyline Drive um, heading towards the turnaround. Uh, but it was, it was pretty minimal. It went away. Um, it usually goes away for me after a while, but, uh, it was really, I felt like, I felt like that day was as much an eating competition as it was, was a a triathlon, um, just to, to try to, to get in everything that I knew my body needed because of everything that had already been through on the day. And, um, a lot of that is this was my slowest race time-wise that I've ever done. So I was spending more time 
on this 70.3 on course than I'd ever done previously. And if you're spending more time out there, you're going to exhaust a little bit more energy and you need to make sure that you're replenishing um, everything that your body needs. Because if you're not, you're, uh, you're just going to let your body down and, and you really need your body uh, to be there for you all the way through the end to the finish line. And, uh, uh, you know, it really was important. I, I could tell after had my slowest swim ever, had my slowest bike ever, not even close, slowest run ever. Um, but, but, um, I can definitely say that I'm more proud of the effort that I put in today than I was any other race I've done. And I've done seven 70.3s now, BJ, believe it or not, in the time, in the four years that you've been coaching me. And, uh, I'm I'm way I'm way more proud of the effort that I put in here um and the result at the end of the day than than anything I've ever uh, been able to leave out on the course. So yeah, really I think that's that. a really important point is that, you know, we go in with our nutrition plan, how much we want to get in per hour based on, you know, what we've been training with and things like that. But, and I've seen mixed um, opinions on this and maybe a little bit of mixed science on this is that, you know, if it's cold, if it's windy, that you're, you're burning more. I believe that. I lean into that group because how can you not, right? And especially if you think about like this storm coming in affected your nervous system, like this is fight or flight, right? Like you're telling me you're on the side of the road holding your bike up to fend, fend off, you know, tell Cece's getting pulled out of the water, doesn't know if she can finish. Like this is a heightened state uh, in your nervous system. I think you're going to be burning more. So it's really important to pay attention to how the day is going down and what is the weather and is it what you expected? And if it's not, what do you need to do to adjust your nutrition to ensure that, you know, you're setting yourself up for the greatest success. So, um, Matt, with those bottles, like the liquid nutrition you use and the gels that you load up your bike with and stuff, um, what brand do you use? What do you I like? typically use, yeah, I typically use goo, um, okay. Roctane, but I was, I didn't travel with it and I wasn't able to find any. Um, so I used Carbo Rocket this race. Um, I used it when we were doing our, our pre-race, um, you know, shakedowns essentially with, you know, with, with you and BJ, uh, to make sure that it sat well with my stomach and it did, it seemed to, seemed to work really well, but, uh, I typically like to use goo. Um, it's a really good product. Tastes great. Um, you know, that, that's really important to me, but Jess, if I could, I'd like to go back to the flight or fight response that, yeah. that you talked about. Um, absolutely. Um, I absolutely had that. And after getting through that storm, I was mentally exhausted. I was mentally exhausted and it, it took everything I had to finish that bike. And I was going slow. I mean, I was just slogging through, just trying to keep my eyes open. I was so tired. My body just wanted to shut down and go to sleep. Literally. Um, I'm on Skyline Drive on the run. And I'm, I literally had to say the mantra in my head at least five times, awake and ready. Open your eyes. Because I'm squinting. My eyes are almost closing while I'm running along. And I have to say awake, you're awake and ready. And then my eyes pop open wide, my pace picks up, I start going, but yeah, my body was exhausted. My mind was exhausted after that experience. It was, it's kind of traumatic, I guess, in a way, but um, yeah, I, no, totally. I also want to say it was super exciting and fun too, in some ways. So. Yeah. Well, I, um, and I, in BJ, I'm going to get to your mm-hmm. nutrition, but I kind of want to stay with this theme that Matt's talking about. I mean, really, Matt, you're, you're talking about the essence of why Awake and Ready was born as one of the, one of Yogi Triathletes, like main mantras. Mm-hmm. It's just like, be awake and ready for whatever comes your way. Like you just don't know what you're going to wake up to every morning, right? Be awake and ready. Anything can happen. Anything can change in an instant. We saw that with the weather this weekend and not just with the storm, but with the the panic that so many people were in because of the high heat and the late starts and all of that. And it's when you look, we all got to St. George and we're like, wait a minute, it's dropping like 15, 20 degrees on Saturday. Oh, now this is good. Like it's just anything can change in an instant. So to stay with you um, here, Matt, I want to ask you, it seems like you already pulled a tool out of your Yogi Triathlete toolbox. Were there any other tools that you can recall that you used that helped you stay, you know, focused and in the game mindset uh, specifically? Yeah, sure. Mantras and breathing really um, are huge for me. And it's, it's something that, you know, working with BJ, I would say from the first month he really instilled in me is finding a mantra, um, you know, it's something we think about in our daily meditations. Um, it's something we think about on the swim. 
uh, long and strong, as one BJ always tells me um, when when you're doing a swing. I swim. I like to use the mantra "slow is smooth, smooth is fast." It's a Navy SEAL uh, saying, but um, for me, it's it speaks true. It's come back and listen to the biomechanics of your body and be in tune with that. And once you once you do that and you, you push down firmly in the saddle, you hold on to your arrow bars, you you tuck your head, you start pedaling and turning over, you find the right gearing on the bike, and you're going faster, you're going smoother, you use, you're more efficient, you're using less energy to go faster. Um, so mantras um, are definitely a big one for me. And then, especially on the run, I like to use the breath. Um, using breathing exercises and... Uh, I kind of have this, uh, breathe in twice, kind of like, and then breathe out one on, on that, on the, the out breath. And I do that and I'm able to get into a really concentrated run focus. I almost get a oxygen high maybe when I'm, when I'm running and I'm able to really kind of my get tunnel vision and narrow my focus on the run and just try to push forward as best that I can. Um, but it's just, you know, utilizing, uh, the breath, the best that I can to, to hone my focus and, and utilizing mantras when I find my mind drifting and wandering, which during a six hour race, which I was out there for gosh darn near six hours, your mind is going to wander. And that's not necessarily where you want to be for 15 minutes at a time. That's not where you want to be for, for five minutes at a time or three minutes at a time. You want to bring that focus back to uh, present moment awareness um, and and focus on the experience that you have the opportunity to have that day. And, uh, you know, a, one more, Jess, if I can. Um, it's, we talk, we, we talk about this and I am a firm believer in it, that I'm having the experience I'm supposed to be having at any moment. And, you know, that day I had the experience I was supposed to have. And being able to accept that and not try to control it or, or change it um, or any of the outside forces that we don't have any control over, that is such an important mindset that that I think you can carry over to almost any aspect of your, of your life. And um, it brings a lot of joy brings a lot of happiness it brings a lot of relief um overall to know that you know what i can't control this we're all experiencing this right now if you're sitting in a traffic jam it's it's easy to be angry about, about the person in front of you for for making you sit there behind them but when you think about it all of every single car every single person and every single vehicle we are the traffic jam right we are making this all up and we're all in this together and we're all experiencing this together and we're all going to interpret it in our own way. So the best way that I've found that I can do that right now in my life is to accept that the experience I'm having at that moment is the exact experience I'm supposed to be having. And, um, that really can help put you, put me at peace, um, whenever something difficult is presented or an opportunity is presented to me. Yeah. Wow. That's four years of being with Yogi Triathlete. I'm not going to, I'm not taking responsibility for any of that. You do the work, but, um, that's wonderful. And that breath, like the, like the double inhale, exhale. I've been in pranayama classes in yoga where we do that. And it's very much like, um, it's, it's a healing breath, but it can, it can make you feel like you get a little bit high from it for sure. Um, all right. Telsis, I want to know about, your mindful toolbox and did you need to pull anything out of that for the day? You know, it's, it's interesting listening to Matt go through his, you know, we all go through our, our thing in our head and everything. And I think, um, for me sitting in, sitting in the, in the ceremony at Oregon and hearing my name get called in the roll down, um, I was already like, I can't do, I can't do St. George, the elevation, the, the heat. Like I, I, I'm not trained for it. I, I'm supposed to be doing an Ironman in two months. Like, you know, and I literally looked at my friends. And I was like, is this really happening? And when I went over and signed it, I was like, that's it. This is the experience I'm supposed to be having. And so, um, when they released the swim waves, um, so many people were talking about it. And of course I was the last one and I'm like, of course I'm the last one. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I got mad for like a minute and I'm like, I'm going to be in seven hours or six hours of heat that I do not train in. And so, but I let it go. I didn't get worked up. BJ and I talked about it really quickly. I said, Hey, we got to come up with a different strategy because I'm going to be out there for a long time, you know? And so, 
Um, and when I, when I turned that, that first, when the, in the swim, when I made the first turn and I saw the clouds, I was like, I hope they just hold us for an hour. Like, I'm not giving up on this race. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hope they don't just, you know. Um, and I, I had a very different experience. And I, I just never felt in danger. Despite the fact that there were some crazy crosswinds and storming down. And I got the hail part in the water. I didn't get hit on the bike. I mean, maybe a little bit. Because I did feel like I was getting hit by BB guns at one point. But um, I don't know. I... I, I my mind, which typically tends to wonder a lot, did not go there. I was just strong and calm, strong and calm the whole time. Um, and and I, I did this in Oregon. I had told BJ this and he started laughing. In Oregon, for some reason, I was like, my name is Telsey Storallo. I am, I am uh, competing in a 70.3 in Oregon. Like, I would just say this to myself. I don't know why I started doing that. And then I got into it in my head again in, in uh, St. George. And I was like, I am competing in a world championship. My name is Telsey Strahl. I'm, in a, I'm a qualifier and I'm going to be a finisher soon. And like having this conversation in my head, like I have every right to be here. I, this is my experience. My children have a right to see this journey come to fruition because they're very much a part of, I'm a single mama too. And so um, just having all of that, I was just in gratitude. And, and BJ said it after the race. He said, you just race from joy. And I was like, yeah, that's just what it felt like, you know? And so I never felt like I was in danger or at any moment um, the race was going to stop for me or different than Matt. And he's like, I was out there for six hours. I'm like, Matt, welcome to my life. Like that's, I'm a <laughs> mid packer. That's like, that's like my time. A sub six would be, that's, I did that in Oregon. I was really happy with that. So I know you're saying the welcome to my life, right? That's what I typically raise. <laughs> so um, I, it's a long day for me out there too. And so um, I, I, and I think it has a lot to do with the work that we put in as yogi triathlete teams, you know, as a yogi triathlete team, the work that we put in getting to the, to the start line. And that's every day we do our meditation, every day we do our mantras, right? It's not just towing the line and hoping that our mind is going to, you know, behave the way we'd like it to or be calm. I think it's that training that every time I go into a bike, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the three hours or the four hours that BJ prescribed. And if I don't, he's like, why did you cut it short 10 minutes? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, or my son will say the same thing. And so, and it's like, you know, because you can't cut it short on the race, they're not going to, hey, she's been out there for a while. Let's just give her those 10 minutes, right? It's not going to work. And so um, I think it's every day a little bit, you know, um, you guys have that mantra on your shirts, you know, every day a little bit. And it gets us exactly. Um, it gets us to that. And I think, I think the fourth discipline of some say it's nutrition. I think it's the mind. Yeah. Because even if the body doesn't have nutrition, the mind is going to make it happen. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I experienced that in an, in a, my second full Ironman where I had nothing in my system. My body was not cooperating with holding down any food. And I still finished that race. And I was out there for 14 hours with no nutrition the last two. So my mind was determined. I will finish this race. Um, I did finish standing up. Um, and as I'm speaking, there's this ominous cloud coming and there's thundering. And I'm like, it's all happening again. Um, but I, I, I attribute that mentality and that feeling of being safe and exactly where I need to be to you guys' coaching. For sure. My mind two years ago would have been like, Wrapped around, still not letting go of the finish of the start time for the swim wave. <laughs> My day's gonna suck. I start at nine fifty one. You know, yeah, I would have never let that go years ago. And I think one of the most potent things that we've learned that I hope we've passed along to you guys is that you know when you're in that collective of people, if they're complaining, if they're talking about the fear that they're having about it, it's and it's. You know, I always say to people, like, we love those people. Why do we love those people? Because they're doing the same thing that we're doing. They're trying to feel better, right? So the complaining is actually an action that they believe that will bring them towards relief. But get out of that conversation. I tell people all the time, I had an athlete that was racing worlds. And I told her, I said, you know, if you're in that group, walk away. Walk away. Get out of that environment. Um and, be in solution energy, right? Solution energy. Yeah, yeah. be in the solution, not the problem, uh, for mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, I love your contrasting experiences because there's, there's going to be a race that you do, Telsey, where you're going to 
the mind is going to be hustling you. And Matt, you might have one where, you know, the mind is just so quiet and it's just so smooth the whole time. And I've experienced that myself. And I just recently did a race and I had incredible amounts of mental chaos. And I thought, okay, well, this is just what I've got today. And for whatever reason, the mind doesn't feel satisfied with any of this. So get where's the toolbox and get out and start using those tools. Um, so Beach, we're going to circle back to you to talk about your nutrition. Yeah, uh, you know, nothing really changed. I'm, pr- I'm pretty consistent with my pre-race nutrition leading into any race, really, 70.3 or full Ironman. Uh, I, even the change in hours, I, th- I still had my breakfast, I think, about three and a half, four hours before, so it was a little bit longer. But I packed like three bananas with me, so it was plenty supplied. And a Cliff Bar, I think, uh, but I didn't have, I didn't have the Cliff Bar. Um, I just didn't know how I was going to feel. Um, because I get super excited in that environment. Uh, and I knew that having teammates there, uh, was pretty awesome. And I knew f- plenty of people in transition, um, to, to catch up with. Um, but I was, I was treating this race as I really wanted to dial in that, that nutrition at the end of the day. So on that run, I really wanted to be prepared, um, for, for a fast run. Um, and I knew it was dry here in California. It's, we get both conditions. Like we can have humidity here and then I can go 10 minutes in and it's, it can be a little bit desert climate. Um, so I was practicing, uh, training in both. So I, I stuck mostly to the, the same nutrition plan. Uh, I gel like Matt before the, the swim, uh, about 10, 15 minutes before the swim. And also on the topic of mindset, I had plenty of chatter around me and I kept moving myself further and further closer to the front of my swim wave group because the, the conversations were not, were not uh, helpful. Um, they were just trying to feel good um, and it wasn't helping me feel good. So I moved myself. Um, so I had that gel and water. Uh, that's a really key element now if you, haven't, if you haven't started it. But because of the way these swim corrals work and the time that we're standing in line, you most certainly should have a disposable plastic water bottle filled with water uh, or grab one from transition and a gel. And you can sip on it all the way up because that line can be anywhere from 15 minutes to, you know, an hour to, to an hour and a half or two hours even. So you got to bring that stuff with you and there's plenty of trash to, to throw it away. So that's a really good tip, um, the way that swims are running now. So yeah, swim, swim well, um, not as well as I thought. I felt really good. But that's okay. I felt really good, and that's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> Ran out of the swim uh, onto the bike and just went through my normal protocol of Goo Roctane. Grape flavor is my favorite. So I had two bottles of that, lots and lots of water. I had to pee so much on that race day. I peed probably three times on the swim, during the swim. And I peed once on the bike, um, and I peed for a really long time in T2. That's why I had a six minute transition. I really had to go. We had a little bit of a marital dispute over yeah. that 90 second P2. We I did. Like, Should have just done it in your pants. My bladder was so <laughs> full and I had so, the cramps were starting to come. I was like, I, I want to get, I want a clean run. I want a clean run. I don't want my pants to be even more soaked. So I, I ducked into the, the uh, port jump, but on the bike. So two water bottles of goo, roctane, a gel. Some uh, base salt, of course, base salt. I was taking in every twenty to thirty minutes, uh, about two to three licks of that. Uh, Enduralite, uh, not Enduralite. The BCAAs from Goo, and then uh, two ibuprofen with about thirty minutes left in the bike. I pop those. Um, I re- rarely take it. I really only use it on race day, and um, that was it for the bike. I took in a lot of water. I picked up a lot of water along the way. Maybe that's why I had to pee, uh, and I probably swallowed a lot on the swim. But I uh, got to the run, and my new strategy for the run was to take one of those electrolyte drinks uh, that you get at like 7-Eleven. Um, I've been he- crushing them on my long rides, like about halfway through, grape flavor. Oh, that's interesting. They're both that's grape flavors. That's not interesting. Uh, pretty consistent <laughs> in my process. Decision making. <laughs> he gets a flavor, sticks with sticks it. With Why grape. change it up? Yeah. yeah. That, that's been consistent, BJ. Yeah, <laughs> Right <I know>. there. <laughs> Is there peanut butter on that? <laughs> it should have been. Uh, so we ran out with that electrolyte drink. So it's 130 calories in the bottle. It's got potassium. I it was, there was 240 in there. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, but really, it, it just resupplies your electrolyte uh, bank and has some calories in there. So I ran with this huge bottle. You can see it in one of my photos coming down the hill. I actually did the whole lap with it. But it made me diligent with my nutrition. So I sipped it every mile on that first lap. So that was 130 calories. And then I ditched it at the uh, when we did the turnaround to go out for the second loop. After I pounded down that hill, which was oh, so when fun. I when I saw you, you were running uphill, yeah, and you looked so strong, so mm. strong. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, I caught him, <laughs> I caught him. At least he hasn't finished yet, and I'm still on the bike course. Oh, it's so good to see but you. you look, yeah, yeah, you look great. You look yeah. really strong. Thank you. So B- yeah, BJ, was was, when you carrying the bottle, did that allow you to skip the aid stations mm-hmm. as they came along? And mm-hmm. okay, yep. I did grab, I would run by and just grab water and pour it over my head or grab ice and pour it over my head, but I never stopped, which has been, that's a good question, Matt, which has been my MO sometimes is to stop, right? And not delay, but you know, there's, there's ways to get through transition, uh, aid stations really quickly. And I know them, you know, it's just putting them into practice. So again, using that presence to, to see that habit that maybe you built. Um, but that's, yeah, that's an important point, Matt. Um, but the drink allowed me to, to run through it and I don't like carrying something, but this meant more to me, like being, being my best on the run throughout the entire run was a focus of mine for this race, knowing what happened in May and knowing what's going to happen next May when I do the fall, I want to be prepared. And so after that turnaround, I just started to use cola, of course, cola, I love cola and a gel, I think at mile seven, a cola gel and, uh, also not interesting. What cola? Cola gel. and oh, cola, cola, and gel. cola gel. <laughs> and then, as I was, this is. Or I, I should say, surprise. I did stop at that aid station. I think it was at mile seven, seven and a half. And that's when these ladies were commenting on my shoulders. And that I had really nice shoulders, and the backside of me was pretty nice. And I said, "This is what, <laughs> this is what a yogi body looks like." And they're like, "We better start doing some yoga." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I was having fun out there. It was really fun. Um, but I have a question because yeah. both, both you and Matt talked about drinking cola. Do you guys train drinking cola? Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, like, is there an aid station somewhere in the middle of your run and you're like, let me just grab a Coke, you know? Or, I personally don't. You just do that on race day. Just on race day. And sometimes, and uh, you know, if I'm doing a six-hour bike, maybe around three or four hours, I'll stop at a 7-Eleven and grab one. But mm-hmm. most often on the run, no, just in the race. How about you, Matt? I, I don't. I mean, I, I take the Goo Cola gel packs too. So I use the Jet Blackberry. Um, it actually has a higher sodium content and caffeine content in the Jet Blackberry. And uh, I use the cola. It's not ramen, but it'll it's do. Not, it's not ramen, but it'll do. <laughs> That's right, Telsey's. That's uh, going to get that, that ramen blended down into a liquid format so you can take it all around. Sounds delicious. <laughs> um, I could eat that all day, seriously. Uh, no, no, I, I don't utilize that before running because it generally does upset my stomach but i feel like in the in the experience i have i've done the seven halves in the uh, i've done one full now that the for whatever reason cola coke pepsi whatever it hits the system faster for me and it, it really speeds me up and i don't know if it's the carbonation and feeling those bubbles and and Caffeine too. Some sort of like Pavlov's mm. dogs kind of effect on my brain um, <laughs> that it's like, oh, you're going to wake up here in, in just a few minutes because you just had a Coke. Um, you know, I, I wonder if it's that. I don't care if it is, but, you know, it, it could be. Um, it just seems to, to work for me. And um, I don't actually get the same response from the Red Bull. Um, I, get, I get it more from, from the Coke. And, um, you know, it's a strategy BJ gave me three years ago. Um, be sure that you're hitting that early. Um, but once you hit mile 10, really doesn't matter what you take in, you're going to be, you're going to be done. So you want to be, uh, you're not going to really hit that. You're not going to get the the benefit out of whatever you're taking in. So you want to run strong that last 5k, um, skip those aid stations and just keep going if you can. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I take it early. Um, I don't try to crush too much of it at once because the carbonation upsets my stomach a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I generally try to stick with energy drinks that are flat without the carbonation when I'm doing my normal training. Yeah. Um, Telsey, so I know you got to get Angelo to practice, uh, but I want to ask they you. They just canceled it. What? The storm. 
The storm. The storm. It does storm? look darker in the room you're in. I know. You see it changing <laughs> the light in her room. <laughs> All right. No practice. Okay. Uh, we will be wrapping this up here. Um, but I want to know if, um, and I love you guys talking amongst yourselves, so feel free to jump in as, as you're talking. Um, but Telsey's, what did you learn about yourself? Did you learn anything new? Um, I, I saw a new version of myself. Mm. How about that? That I really liked. And it was, um, uh, it was that, I, I think I finally lived out the strong and calm that BJ's been pounding into my head for the past year. Because I actually executed that this race. Um, and I think it may have had something to do, or, you know, a portion of it to do with A, my training, but B, the fact that I had my, 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 my team there, my kids there, you know, and have, it's, it's just, when I race, we, we're very business. We come in, you know, group of friends from Miami, we race, there's nobody at the finish line, we're all racing, you know what I mean? And so, um, the fact that I had that support system, just, it just meant everything to me. It was very special to me. So there was no doubt about finishing. There was, you know, I just was very confident out there and I was having a blast in a, you know, in, in not on Snow Canyon, those four miles, maybe not, but, um, but no, it was, I, I, I'm really happy with the bike. I'm really happy with the nutrition. I'm really happy the way the whole thing got executed despite the hail and everything around me. I just felt very centered and very in control, um, which is, to some extent who I am, but in racing, I tend to kind of go a little bit out of that. I get a little frazzled. I could drown in a drop of water. My mom has always said that you could drown in a drop of water. And I said, yeah, probably. But this race, I felt very, just very still. That's awesome. I love that. It's yeah. beautiful. New, new, you saw a newer version of yourself. Yeah. A new version of me. Matt, mm -hmm. what did you learn about yourself? Anything new? Anything confirmed? Uh, imposter syndrome died. Mm. Um, being there talking with the athletes, seeing the professionals. Um, I mean, if you look at the times for this race, right? If, if you look at 30 minutes, right, faster than I went or 30 minutes slower than I went, you're talking about 100 places difference and where you placed in the world in your age group. That's how tight it is. You're talking a few seconds in between each place, essentially. And did I... Do I want to place higher? I always want to place higher, right? But at the end of the day, I know I was out there racing against the best there were. And um, I finished that race, gosh darn it. Um, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to, to work through. Um, but yeah, my imposter syndrome is officially dead. I know I can go out there. I know I can compete. I know that I am, you know, in this sport. And... Um, you know, something I've realized about myself a long time, because I've been doing sport my entire life. BJ, like you, you're a basketball player. I was an ice hockey player. I was a soccer player. Uh, I don't think there's anything exceptional or, or special about me physically. Um, that's different than somebody else that, you know, makes me like uh, Ben Simmons for the Philadelphia 76ers or a Lucy Charles running out there um, and laying down ridiculous swim times where she's literally out of transition before anybody else leaves the water, right? Um, incredible talents. But over the years and confirmed this past weekend is I have an ability to focus generally and I have a, a stronger mind than a lot of the other folks out there. And, you know, BJ, you know, my, my training hasn't been, um, what it may have been in the past. Um, I haven't been able to for various reasons, but my mental toughness and everything that's been instilled in me and reinforced through meditation, through weekly conversations, um, with you working with teammates, you know, riding bikes with people on the weekend, whatever it might be and finding a mindset of acceptance and, and gratefulness and experiencing the moment is really my strength. And having a strong mind is so valuable. Uh, it, it is, I almost believe it's 90% <laughs> of the sport uh, when you really think about it because my fitness, um, I'm 20 pounds heavier than I normally am when I race like this. Uh, my training volume is probably 50% of what it used to be, but you know, my mental toughness, uh, my understanding of my body, 
uh, my understanding of of what's important on the swim sighting breathing staying calm um that has gone such a long way and uh you know again circling back uh, my my imposter syndrome is dead i know what makes me strong um i know where i can continue to grow and improve and um and focused and, and continue to change as a person. I'll always be changing. Um, you know, I am what I am on that day and, uh, I'm happy to be who I am today. I'm happy who I was on Saturday. Uh, and I'll be grateful who I am tomorrow. And, um, you know, I feel, uh, feel blessed and, and, and really uh, privileged to be able to take this approach to my daily life. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're one of the, you know, strongest minds in the field. And that's a really, that's a superpower Mm -hmm. in your pocket when you're toeing the line, for sure. Beach, what did you learn about yourself? Or reconfirmed? That I need to race more, for sure. (laughs) I definitely need to race more. I love this story we tell ourselves. I love the training, but the racing is the celebration, right? I love that. Um, and maybe that was always keeping me, you know, settled back a little bit, but I love to race. I love to be out there. I love to be butted up against those moments when everything is telling you, you know, your legs are heavy. Um, you're breathing really heavy. Just, you know, make it up this hill, um, which is actually happening and be able to mindfully jumpstart yourself to run faster and just stop when you need to stop or dial back when you need to dial back. And usually it never happens. You're, you're, you're most often selling yourself short out there um, in moments that you can go a little bit more. And this is part of the strategy I have with our athletes where you surge, like you test yourself to see if you're going as hard as you can go, knowing how long you have left. And you can always dial it back, but you can always hold it a little bit longer and that moves you closer and gets you those seconds Matt was talking about, those little seconds just by surging and, and getting yourself a little bit further ahead. So I'm definitely, I definitely want to race more. I love the environment. I learned... Uh, reinforce that I love to be in that environment of greatness. Like I belong there. Um, I belong with those people. Um, selling yourself short is an, is an easy way out to not encourage, um, to, to do more things that scare you and, and have risk involved and doubt and fear and, and moments of, I'm not sure if this is going to, you know, kill me or I don't know if I'm going to even finish or come close to the time I want. But, um, Backing up Matt's point, presence is power. Uh, it's a really big uh, superpower. It really is. The ability to pull yourself back into the moment, not the, as Jess would say, the commentary that's going on in your head, the story that you're reinforcing. Um, of course, I want to I go faster. I know I can go faster. And it's that belief that I tug on for the past you know, 18 years in this sport is that I know I can go faster. And that's my belief. It doesn't matter what the time says. It doesn't matter what people say. I believe it. Um, and I've got a partner that believes it um, fully. And I've got team, uh, a whole <laughs> team that is behind me. So, And we have some data. And a little bit of data and information, <laughs> which the ego likes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I want more of this. I want more of um, being a part of, of an athlete's success in, in achieving world championship level. Like when I remember when Matt qualified and he called me, we were at Super Frog at the information booth, I remember. And it was like my first athlete qualifying for worlds. This is, this is amazing. And I, you right away were like, this is just one of many. So, and then walks in, tells us she's number two. So, uh, this is going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to happen. Um, and if you guys want to be there, um, again, you can be there. And I think that's, that's what I really pull away from it is whatever you want to happen can happen. Just let go of the timeline and let go of the attachment to how it needs to happen and in what form it has to happen and instead embrace, uh, everything that unfolds knowing that it's happening for you to move you closer there. Timeline is just really not part of our uh, part of our control. It's out of our control. Perfect. So yeah, I'm extremely grateful. I'm extremely grateful for you being out there, getting some good video and photos, and yeah, up in the game. Up in the game. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, you guys. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you both. I love you both. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Chelsea, who Team Yogi Triathlete, who the day after. 
Ironman 70.3 World Championship, qualified for Ironman 70.3 World Championship 2022. She was, yeah, she raced Washington and she came off the bike in, in fourth. fourth and held it. And there was a girl chasing her down. And uh, yeah, just so impressive. So we we already booked a place for next year. This is what we do now. We That's tell we tell the universe we'll be back and we'll just give you some evidence. We'll and it's Daniel's Daniel's athlete. Yeah, um, yeah, Daniel's yep. athlete. Yes, Dan, uh, vegan powered athlete. That is uh, his athlete. They came uh, vegan powered athlete merged with Yogi Triathlete back in June, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel brought with him a whole slew of amazing athletes. <laughs> and we just, we're just the family keeps growing, and so we're so grateful for you guys. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.